0: Doster, T.O. and Fanta Podcast, DTF Podcast. It is Monday morning, January 31st. My name is Rob Doster. I have with me Coach Terrence Oglesby, Clemson Zone, and the one and only John Fanta, fresh off of calling that Providence-Marquette game on Sunday. Fanta, that was a big game for you. Before we get into what we got planned today, we got a good show. We're going to break down each conference, who's going to win the league, who's best set up for a run in March. But I got to know, man, that was uh, was that the biggest game of your career that you called on Sunday? Yes, it was. It
1: was an electric atmosphere and a down to the wire finish punch for punch heavyweight bout between Providence and Marquette, a top 25 matchup that lived up to its billing. And it was a pleasure to be on the call for Fox sports with my man, Vin Parisi, who uh, we've been able to to develop as a team this season and have loved working together. His his basketball acumen is sensational. He's a guy that has close ties with Rutgers uh, worked under Gary waters worked under Kevin Willard. Uh, when Kevin was at Rona, he has very close ties with, with Rick Patino as well. Vin is outstanding. And I enjoyed every second of it. That that's the type of game that when you get off the air, you pinch yourself and you say, we get to do this. We get to do this. We get to cover this sport for a living. So, it was an emotional afternoon, and I appreciate the outpouring of love and and uh, followers who said, you know, nice work. And, and uh, it's it was just the type of game that, that makes you say, man, I get to live the American dream. That, how, that was-
0: how loud was it after Nate Watson's dunk? You've been in a lot of buildings and a lot of arenas that have gotten really loud. How loud was
1: it after Nate Watson's dunk? Couldn't not hear in the headset. Couldn't hear what Ben was saying. Couldn't even really... <laughs> when you're talking, I can't hear exactly what I'm saying, but I'm hoping that it sounds good. And and that's where, (laughs) that's where the play-by-play. That's that's the
0: story. That's the story of my life, Fitz. I'm just talking, hoping it sounds good.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And that's where I look back at it. I, I, I just, that's where you don't have anything prepared. How could you prepare anything on that type of a dunk? So I just, I just went with oh my, because that was an, Oh my. Man's jam. <laughs> Watson is a grown man. Yeah, and yes. He came back to Providence. He said it was an easy decision. Guys, he is the Mariano Rivera of the Big East this season. When there's three minutes on the clock and it's a close game, damn, give him the basketball and he's going to make something happen. So I just went, oh my, and that's where less is more. Let that crowd speak for itself. It is the ultimate tribute to a crowd for a broadcaster that in that game yesterday, guys, I could just lay out and let the crowd tell the story of the game. They told the story of that showdown. The student section went with the beach theme in the midst of a blizzard. It felt like zero degrees yesterday in Providence. It was truly Big East basketball at its best. It was a great advertisement for the conference on FS1 in, in a standalone type of window for that league. So, just a sensational, sensational afternoon. I couldn't hear myself think. Loved every second of it. Hey,
2: what, yes. what are you? What are your thoughts on the fans that are now uh, petitioning for a John Fanta statue out in front of the dunk? I need a gra- I need a granite John Fanta in front of the dunk.
1: Well, it's extremely humbling, <laughs> but, uh, but I don't play the games. I don't. I don't uh, do what Nate Watson does or what Al Durham is doing for the province. Yeah. Look, it's it. It's very humbling. It, that that fan base is so passionate, as Rob is learning right now. It's all good. It's all it's all good. I love the banter. You know that's that's what the Big East was back in the yes. day. Before the game yesterday, Marquette and Providence were jawing at each other. They were going at each other at midcourt. And somebody texted me and said, "This is refreshing because the Big East schools have this love for one another, and it's a good thing. It's a good thing. They're all basketball schools. They're all like minded. They don't want to break up again, like you know, like we saw a breakup ten years ago." <laughs> So they're all conscious of that, right? But like we need some hatred in the league too. We need some some punches. We need some we need a game like yesterday. It was just a great game. And but I don't I don't play the games and no no statue needed. If you're gonna build a statue, build it out of Federal Hill Chicken Parmesan for me. And and maybe maybe that's <laughs> a nice tribute for me. But I'll tell you what, at the end of the day, basketball-wise, yesterday going into the game, Marquette was six and0 in games decided by five points or less Providence was five and0 Providence is now six and0 Marquette is six and one it's a reflection of just how great of a game that was down the stretch and and say what you want about the friars but in a close game late they have had the formula to find a way to win they are unbeaten in those games decided by five points or less very very impressive
0: yeah all right so let's let's dive straight into it we'll start with the big e since we're already on the topic what we're gonna do in this show is uh is kind of go through the the teams at the top of the conference, kind of figure out who we think is going to win the regular season title, or at least on track to win the regular season title in each of these conferences, and also talk through who we think is best set up for a run in March. So right now in the Big East, Providence is sitting at eight and one of the conference. Villanova is nine and two. UConn is six and two. I would think that those are probably the only three teams that are still in the mix to win uh, the league's regular season title at this point. Uh, The odds right now, Villanova is minus one seventy five to win it. Providence is plus two seventy five. UConn is plus five fifty. Mm-hmm. And to me, if you look at what the, the the remaining schedule is for Providence, if you get two point seven five to one odds on them winning the, uh, the the regular season title, that's uh that's pretty tasty, TL. That's pretty tasty.
2: Yeah, I was sitting here looking at the schedule too. Saint John's away, people have shown that they can win there. Villanova at home, the next. Really big one because Georgetown has been Georgetown this year. They've really struggled. And then <laughs> uh, stink, Georgetown, yeah, they stink. But then if you look, they have De- at uh, DePaul at home. Then they're Villanova at home. This Providence team, whether or not they win the regular season, could come down to the last game of the season. And I hope John Fanta's on the call for that one too. Villanova, Providence, at Villanova, it could very well come down to uh, that game. And that could be, man, that'd be big time. I like those odds though. 275 for Providence to win it, especially the way their schedule's shaping up. And you have Xavier at home. Not bad. Not bad at all.
0: Yeah. I don't see I don't see any way you could bet on Villanova with with this number. Simply because Villanova has to play UConn twice and they have to play Providence twice. And they're already a game behind Providence. Right. There's there's no there's no way that you can bet on Villanova at that number. It just If they end up winning this, it's going to be the miracle of all miracles and Villanova just doing what they do, Fanta.
1: Well, it's hard to call anything that Jay Wright does in 2022 a miracle, but I understand what you're saying. Here's the thing. I think the next 48 hours are going to tell a big story of who wins this league because St. John's is not playing that home game on Tuesday night against Providence at Madison Square Garden. That game's back in the old gym. It's back in Carneseco Arena you are 48 hours removed from a real signature win that, that took a lot out of your Providence. And now you got to travel to Queens. And that is a late night game. I believe that that is a nine o'clock game at Karnaseka arena. I think it's a huge trap game for Providence. I really do. Uh, St. John's matched up very well with them at the Dunkin Donuts center. Just could not finish a, a theme for the red storm this season, but I think it's a trap, guys. I really do because I I could see Providence going in a little bit fatigued and coming into Carneseca. It's hard to get up for a game in there. And I I think that that could be a trap game. If Providence wins that game, I truly feel it's there for the taking. It it is there. It already is. Like, they should win this league. The way it sets up, they are likely not going to be able to reschedule some games that could present some very tough competition at Creighton home to UConn at Seton Hall, that's that that's beneficial to them. But look, they've done their part. They're eight and one. They're eight and one, and they have Villanova twice. That'll be telling who wins those games. I think Providence is a matchup nightmare for Villanova because yes. Nate, Nate Watson and Noah Horkler are going to cause a lot of problems, and Justin Mania will too. Justin Mania is going to take on Justin Moore, and he's going to shut him down. I mean, I will go on the record and say that right now. Justin Manaya is going to be named the Big East player of the week right now. Like, conference office is putting that out. He is playing the best defense in this league right now. He is a matchup problem for Villanova. Providence is a matchup problem for Villanova and then some. But the next 48 hours for me are huge because it's an opportunity for Villanova to gain ground. But what happens Wednesday night, guys? And, T.O., I, I can sense your. You're tingling with excitement here. It's a 10 Eastern time start, 10 o'clock Eastern time on Wednesday night. I'm going to be looking at this as I'm doing after dark. Villanova's at Marquette, at Marquette, not long uh, removed from that three-point loss at home to the Golden Eagles. Marquette could beat Villanova again, and Marquette coming off a loss, they're going to be angry. That is a huge game in Milwaukee because if Villanova loses that game, I, I'm i curious to see where the door opens because I think the door could open for the Connecticut Huskies. Could UConn still win the Big East? Hell yeah, they can. They've won five in a row. They could win six in a row. UConn's got to win at Nova on Saturday for us to take them that seriously. That's a huge game on Saturday at high noon. I say Providence will win the league, uh, but the, the discussion that you're going to get to about March Madness is a different is a different level of discussion but I'll, I'll go with the Friars but I could see the Friars losing at St. John's I think it's a very big trap game and I think Villanova at Marquette there's a prime opportunity for the Wildcats to gain some ground but will they do it that's a hard hard game at Marquette
0: yeah I'm worried about Providence making a run in March just because they are one of these teams that is very much the whole is greater than the sum of the parts Right. I don't think that there's an NBA player on that roster, T.O. I, I don't know about you, but I don't know if there's a guy that's going to play in the league on that roster. Maybe Nate Watson, just because he's so damn big and physical. Uh, but when you're, when you're talking about who's going to find a way to win games in a tournament setting in a one-off setting um, against the best teams in college basketball, I think that at some point, you just got to have some, some guys that can go out and win a game for you by themselves. And I don't know if Providence necessarily has that, but I will tell you this right now, their, uh, their future on winning the national title is plus 12,000, uh, 12, which means it's 120 to one odds. So if you bet $100 on them, you will win $12,000 if Providence was the national title. And here's what happens at Bet Rivers uh, if you do that and they make a run to, let's say, the Sweet 16 and the odds change, you can cash out. So I do think that if you're, if you're bullish, if you're a Providence fan and you're bullish, drive on over to the state of Connecticut where, uh, where Bet Rivers is legal, right? And go buy yourself a ticket and, and put something down on, uh, on Providence winning the national title at, at 120 to 1 odds. That's insane. Yeah. That number is insane. 120 to 1. Uh, Tio, who, who in this conference do you think is
2: best set up for a run of March? Uh, I think Providence, because they defend, could win a game or two in the tournament. But the team that I look for, uh, I think Xavier can. Uh, I'm sitting here, I'm looking at their roster. Paul Scruggs is a dude and he's a guy you can put the ball in his hands and he can make something happen at the end of games. And we all know in the tournament, the last four minutes of the game is huge and they've got guys they're, they're old. I mean, Scruggs, a senior, Nunji, a junior, Fremantle, a junior. He's a little crazy. I like Fremantle. He's a little crazy. He's my kind of guy, but then you also have guys that can knock down some shots. Nate Johnson's been knocking them down at 42%. This Xavier team—they're old, they're big. They have a go-to player in Paul Scruggs. I think that's a team uh, that could make a Sweet Sixteen and, and make a lot of noise uh, come March. So I think that that Marquette is the team that can make a run out of this
0: league. Is that crazy? Look, yeah, Villanova—not Villanova. crazy at all. Yeah, Villanova's Villanova. We we know what they are. Um, we know what they do in March. Uh, UConn, I think, has a roster that's good enough to, to win some games. I'm always nervous about a team that really only has one point guard when that point guard is like a five foot 11 MEAC transfer. Um, I love RJ Cole, but he's he's five foot 11. And uh, I think that we saw against St. John's what happens if you can kind of take him away. So I'm worried about that. Marquette has dudes on the wings. They got a point guard that can make plays off the bounce. They have a rim protector that's going to erase everything at the basket unless he's getting swim moved by Nate Watson. Uh, in the final 30 seconds of a game at the dunk. Um, They get out and pressure on the wings. They can force turnovers. They make it very difficult for you to run offense. And like call it what it is, they are one Justin Lewis uh, layup away from being in overtime against Providence right now. So uh, I I think Marquette is the team that's best set up to to make a run and march out of this group. Here's my only thing to
2: combat that. Here's my only thing to combat that. When you get to the tournament, and I played on a high-tempo team, uh, when I was in college, but, like, when you get to the tournament, that game slows down. You're going to have to score in the half court. Like, you have to find ways to score in the half court in the NCAA tournament. I think Xavier can do that. I think Marquette can, too, because I, I I love I love Smith. I think he's, he's one of the best freshmen in the Big East, for sure. I mean, he's fantastic. But I – Marquette has to rely on this a little bit. You got to get up and down. You saw what they tried to do in the first half against Providence. They were trying to get up and down, so they didn't have to play against a set defense. In the NCAA tournament, you have to play against a set defense, which I, is I something I do think I, keep I eye do eye think
0: on. that they can for a couple of reasons. One, Tyler Kolick is a guy that can break down a defense in a ball screen. Yeah. Two, Justin Lewis is a guy that you can give the rock to and let him go. Yes. And Daryl Marcel Justin can Lewis. do yeah can do all of those things, and they got shooters on the perimeter. So I actually do think that they can. Um, I think if they've started to figure things out a little bit here in the the, the Big East. Fanta, uh, real quick, you got one minute. Give me a take on who you think is the best setup for a run out of this conference. Marquette, by the way, we talked about Providence being 120 to one to win the, the national title. Marquette is 150 to one to win the national title. So if you're if you're a Big East fan and you think one of these two teams can make a run, like put, put 10 bucks down on it and then cash out if they get it to the Sweet 16. It's an easy way to make money.
1: So do I still get a minute?
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> goodman no, did that I, to me the other day
1: <laughs> I, well so, so here's the thing i think on their best day when they play their best basketball that connecticut is the toughest team in the big east because against a set defense like to was saying you got to be able to play against a set defense when you have number 21 in the middle that you could yeah. just feed the rock he is an elite elite player he is a throwback big In the Big East, everybody knows everybody. You're going to play each other twice or three times a year. In the NCAA tournament, if you have never seen Adama Sanogo before, that is a real hard prep. He plays the position at the five really like few others do. He can run the floor, too. He did it last week in a pair of wins. The big question is if R.J. Cole gets enough help, but Tyrese Martin – has the ability to single-handedly win them a game in the NCAA tournament. This is a Connecticut team that's picking up steam, that is tough as nails, that handed Auburn its only loss. The Huskies are the team that could make the deepest run in the Big East if they're playing their game. If they're playing their game and they're in sync enough offensively, then the UConn Huskies could be sitting in a regional final and it would not surprise me at all. The point at the end of the day is, though, we threw out different answers. Mm-hmm. illustrate the fact that the Big East is absolutely a top three conference in college basketball this season. And it's
0: crazy that none of us said the team that has won two of the last five national championships.
1: Oh, we want to be it's different. Crazy. Yeah, it's we crazy. want to be different. That, that happens in the national narratives. Vill- Villanova's boring. Like, Villanova's <laughs> not <laughs> They sexy. are. Villanova's not sexy. They're not glamorous. They don't need to be. It's if because are- you
2: took away Jay Wright's suits.
1: <laughs> i i should drink every time somebody says that but
2: Panta, like, <laughs>
0: we need you we need you sober my friend we need you sober my friend <laughs> you're right though villanova is not sexy villanova is oatmeal when everybody wants bacon and eggs that's yeah, what they it don't is
1: they just keep yep. winning
0: okay yep all right so uh let's move to the sec because i think that one is really interesting i I don't know how you can pick anyone other than Auburn to win that league title just based off of what they have left on the schedule. Uh, they get Alabama at home, and then the rest of the way, they don't really play anybody, right? They have to play at Tennessee, but that's those are the only two games where if they if Alabama plays their B-plus game, I'm sorry, if Auburn plays their B-plus game, I don't think that anybody else can can beat them down the stretch of their schedule. So uh, I, I think that they're probably going to end up winning the, uh, the conference title. What I do want to talk to you guys about, and, T.O., I'm going to go to you first on this one. Is Kentucky better set up to make a run in March than Auburn is at this point? I mean, we just saw what they did to Kansas in Fog Allen Fieldhouse. You don't go into fo- the fog and beat them by twenty. K- Kentucky went to the fog and beat Kansas by twenty.
2: His name is Oscar Sheboy. That's the that's the reason because nobody has anybody that's going to match up with his intensity on the boards. They're going to be able to control the boards every single game. Now teams kind of figure whenever you can scout Kentucky you can find ways to kind of slow them down take away the advanced pass get back against severe Wheeler, but Oscar Sheboy is going to keep them in games because he's going to control the boards the really the key to this game is who showed up against Kansas i mean that's what it comes down to it was keon brooks i mean uh yeah, Keon Brooks. I mean, the way he played, if he's able to sustain that, we know that they tie, tie Washington's really good. We know what Sevilla Wheeler is going to bring. We know what Kellen Grady's going to bring. If they're able to get those kind of games out of Keon Brooks, and that doesn't have to be 27 and eight, it has to be, you know, 12 and 10, 12 and eight, something of that nature, just to help solidify the interior for Kentucky. I think they can be that. And th- those guys, man, so much talent. The bench worries me. For Kentucky, the bench worries me, but they do. Referees swallow their whistle a little bit in the NCAA tournament. I like Auburn better than any team because they play hard consistently, and you never really know how they're going to get their points. They just figure it out. Besides Jabari Smith, they just figure out how to score. I think Auburn Final Four I've said Final Four since the beginning, even said it by accident, and I'm going to go ahead and stick with it. Uh, I think Auburn is the team that makes it the
1: furthest in the NCAA tournament. I do too. I'm not moving off Auburn. Not right now. I think the SEC could have two Final Four teams. Hey! Hey, they could. Look, Severe Wheeler had eight assists on Saturday, and we've debated on this podcast about his presence. But he and Ty Ty Washington have learned how to play with one another. They combine for 13 dishes. Oscar Shiboy does the work of two big men. That is directly from Rob Dostro over the weekend, and it is an outstanding take. It is the truth. Kentucky needs someone to be able to give them that scoring burst. And it could be a different guy in their starting five. They do not have a great bench. And that's the exact reason why I don't like them more than I like Auburn. Auburn has different guard options. They have a guy that could, that could come off the bench and Wendell green and could go off for them, but he doesn't need to, for them to win. Katie Johnson, his aggressiveness is why Auburn could make the final four. He gives them plays that nobody else can give a team. That's what I think of Katie Johnson, guys. The energy is nonstop. Auburn's rim protection is elite. I think it's straight up disrespectful, actually, that someone says that nobody could develop a way to to battle with Oscar Sheewe. Auburn could. Auburn's done it. Auburn's not afraid of Oscar Sheewe. Walker Kessler and Dylan Cardwell play the position well enough that they could hang in there. Jabari Smith is the number one pick in the NBA draft. And Rob said it himself. You got to have an NBA player sometimes to get it done in March Madness. Auburn's got that too. Depth and guard play, NBA talent, rim protection, and one hell of a coach. Auburn Tigers are the team in the SEC that both is the best and the most capable of making the run.
0: Yeah, uh, so I I agree with that, but I still do think that Kentucky's is, is set up for, for March. I, I think that they are one of the few teams that is kind of matchup proof in terms of who they're going to end up going up against. Uh, I think that the way that Kellen Grady has kind of stepped up as, as a shooter to space the floor, um, they've figured things out a little bit with severe wheel. Like, I made the point on after dark on Saturday and the way that you can kind of get out and transition because you don't have to worry about sending five guys to the, the defensive glass when you have big sheep down there, I think changes a lot of things for him and it allows them to take advantage of what severe Wheeler does best. If you want to beat Kentucky, you have to make them play a half court game and you have to make it so that you don't have to guard severe Wheeler in the half court. Uh, when they are getting stops and when they're able to get out and transition, that's when they are really, really dangerous. Cause you get this little, uh, th- this just uh, like, he's like a scat back, right? He's like one of these, uh, um, one of these guys is impossible to stay in front of it. What does severe really like five, nine, he's like five, nine, two Oh five. I'm shocked that he didn't end up playing running back at some point in his life. Like he would have been a great punt return, uh, the way that he's built, but you let him get out and transition. And and that's when he's going to be at his best. And I think that they've done a really good job taking advantage of that right now, Kentucky at bet rivers is plus 1400 to win it all to Alabama, LSU, oh, Tennessee. You got any take. I was, on about any to of say,
2: these? I was about to say sleeper pick Alabama because whenever the the game is really tough, they really show up, and you saw what they're capable of against Baylor. You've seen what they're capable of against Gonzaga, against all these other teams, these big-time wins that they've had throughout the course of the year. Guard play can get you there. It's just a matter of if they're going to be locked in defensively, and you saw what they're capable of when they are locked in defensively. Baylor had to adjust to them, not the other way around, which I thought was interesting in and of itself.
0: Yep, yeah. Um. Alabama is definitely a team that can make the final four. If they can get out of the first round of the tournament, it's, 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 it's so funny, man. Like I've, I don't think I've ever seen a team that plays to the level of competition, the way that Alabama plays to the level uh, of their competition, which
2: tells you, which tells you, which which tells you, you, they hope they get a, like a eight, nine seed. If they get an eight, nine seed, then that first round's tough. Then that second round's even tougher. And then you're able to keep it. Like everything's seeding, everything's matchups, but Sure to God, Nate can get them focused for NCAA tournament game, but like they just, it just depends on who they play. It's the craziest thing. Yeah. All right. So uh, talking about um, Alabama and Kentucky is a
0: perfect segue to getting into the big 12 uh, where right now we have Kansas, Baylor, and Texas Tech. It looks like they're probably the three best teams in that conference. The way the standings shake out, Kansas is currently sitting at six and one in first place in the league. Baylor is sitting at six and two, a half game behind them. And then you have Texas Tech and Texas both at five and three, and TCU sitting in there three and three, fifth place in the conference. I don't think anybody saw. Uh, that one coming from the Horned Frog. So, Fanta, I'm going to you first on this one. Kansas, plus 125 to win the Big 12 regular season title. Baylor is plus 175. Texas Tech, plus 500. Hot take, they might be the best team in the Big 12. Talk to me about this conference.
1: Hmm. Well, man, I, Texas Tech, I don't, I don't think they're the best team in the Big 12 because I still don't trust them offensively enough uh, on a consistent basis. But then again, I could say the same thing about Baylor and and Kansas just look damn flat I have a gut feeling that Baylor's gonna end up winning the league Um, I think that they are going to remind us here down the stretch of just how good that they can be and that they are and I I trust Scott Drew and what he's done on the good days for Baylor and and I think you just got to have James Akinjo Adam Flagler LJ Cryer in a rhythm and back into a rhythm I think Baylor's level of physicality
0: and and healthy. That's the big thing. They got to be healthy too.
1: And healthy. And they haven't been healthy. Like we know right now, or maybe we don't know, but I, I know this, that if Baylor's hundred percent healthy and in rhythm, offensively, they're the best team in the conference. They might be the best team in the country. Still like they're in that argument. They're still in that conversation. I'm not taking them out of that. I think, Kansas, I don't see Kansas winning the league because I don't like Kansas's supporting cast. I don't think that they're doing enough to support Ochai Ogbaje. I don't think that Bill Self is even comfortable with his supporting cast. I think he's trying to figure out what he has, but, but at the end of the day, David McCormick hasn't been anywhere close to what he was last year. Kansas's point guard play is a mystery. It's a complete mystery. That is a huge problem! <laughs> like if, if you want to win your league you have to know what you have at point guard right guys if you mm-hmm. if you had if, if you had no other position figured out you better have your position at the one figured out you know like that's that could cover up so many deficiencies instead it revealed them it revealed them Kentucky's guards flourished against Kansas Kentucky's guards got wherever they wanted to go I don't trust Kansas to win this league I like Baylor to end up winning the conference. I think that they end up doing so. And I'm not buying into Texas Tech as the Big 12 champion. I'm, I'm not doing that. Give me Baylor to win the Big 12.
2: I'm with that. Baylor to win the Big 12 for all the, all the reasons he said. Uh, I'm sitting here and I'm looking at, their, uh, at the rest of their schedule. Saturday They have one tonight, West Virginia at home, kind of a rebound game. West Virginia hasn't been as good as what people thought they were going to be. They can yeah. get back on the right track there. And then they've got a whole week, probably a day off Tuesday. Then they got a few days to get ready for Kansas at Kansas. That game right there is going to tell you a lot. Because James Akinjo is gonna to have to be really good. They match up well with them from an athleticism standpoint. I'm excited to see what they do at Fog Allen. They win that game. You can go ahead and take Baylor really seriously for the rest of the year. I love Texas Tech. I, I love that team. I'm interested to see how it goes tonight. I'm or tomorrow. I'm so mad that I'm not gonna be able to go down there because there's no good way to get down to Lubbock. I was started looking at pl- planes to get there. I had to make like four connections. Like in towns that I've never even heard of to get to Lubbock, so I'm 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 not not going to be able to get there.
1: Like where? Where are you connecting?
2: (laughs) No, I don't know, but you know, you get what I'm saying. Like they just
0: wait, wait, wait. You're telling me there aren't direct flights from Clemson,
2: South Carolina, to Lubbock, Texas? It feels like like it's like two and three connections and a thousand (laughs) bucks. Because I might have been the only person on the plane. Maybe not this week, but you get what I'm saying. Like, there's no, there's no good way to get to Lubbock. I'm just not going to be able to do it because I have to call the game on Wednesday. Hey, I didn't think look, I'd be able look, to get. Look, you know back.
0: what, Tio, Tio, you need to start a, a country band, right? And your first song needs to be "There's No Good Way to Get to Lubbock."
2: <laughs> there's no good way. There's no
0: good way to Lubbock. <laughs> there's no good way to get to Lubbock. Oh man, it sounds like pride should be singing.
1: How the Texas Tech Texas game? I, I just looked. I couldn't believe that was on ESPN two. That that might be the highest rated college hoops game on, on the deuce of the season. You know, like I know we're talking I, conference champions, but, but like Rob covering this sports for, for the time you have, where does, where does Texas tech, Texas rank on Tuesday night in terms of intensity and all that stuff.
0: Um, in terms of how insane the environment's yeah. going to end up being like, it's way up there. And that's simply because one, the good folks of Lubbock, Texas and and the students at Texas tech university are absolutely insane they are out of their minds i think that entire city has completely lost it uh two they do not like crispier at all they do not like him at all i don't understand that
1: now why I mean, yeah because
0: well it's it's because he he when he got the job he said it was his dream job he's a guy from west texas like that's kind of he was built for that program and then he ditches them for big brother up the road in Austin right like there's a little bit of a I think there's a little bit of a I don't know if like inferiority complex is the right way to phrase it but like Texas Tech they, they don't like Texas because they look at them as like that's the the big prestigious university the the flagship of the state where all the all the smart people go that think that they're too good for for whatever it is I, I does that make sense yeah I'm kind of saying that so I think that they look at that that school like fuck those guys but I
1: think, but I think and then the team- guy that
0: built their program Gets right. up and leaves for the same amount of money. And and so I, I, I think that there's a little bit of uh, they feel betrayed um, is probably the best way to phrase it. And I, I love that the that, that Texas Tech gave the job to Mark Adams, that he's going to come in and have a chance to go in and, and win this thing. Because, look, I, I do think that they're built for uh, making a run in March. Um, when Baylor's healthy, I think that they're probably the best team in the conference. Uh, I would bet on them to win the league at plus 175 I said it before in the preseason I would bet on them it was plus 750 for Baylor to win the big 12. Uh, I told you to make that bet hopefully you listen to me um, wow. I, I, think that, I think that they're suited for uh, for beating Kansas I think they match up perfectly against uh, the Jayhawks and as long as they don't have to play eight on five in Fog Allen Fieldhouse I think they're gonna get that win on Saturday uh, but Texas Tech to me is just the way that they can switch everything and create matchup problems. And they don't let you run their offense and that no middle defense that they, they play. It's just it's very difficult to prep for that if you're not expecting it and you haven't seen it before. Uh, so I, I think that they have a very good chance to um, to 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 make a run in March. They're they're plus oh, five hundred to win dude. the Big 12. I wouldn't make that bet, but they're plus three thousand to win the national title. Now, I don't think they're going to win it, but that's another perfect example of one where there's value on the, the value on that line. And you could bet it. Make, wait until they make a run and end up cashing out your bet and profiting. So Texas no, Tech. I, 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 like I agree. I agree a
2: hundred percent with with that. I feel like Texas Tech could be an elite eight team because yeah. they're going to be able to match up with anybody, even these mid majors that can shoot it. Like they're so switchable, so big. That defense is hard to change. The, the balls hard to change sides of the floor. Like they're going to make it really hard on some of these Cinderellas because of their way they play, and a lot of these Cinderellas rely on the the long ball, undersized three-point shooters they they have the ability to guard all those guys and be so switchable and make it really tough on you
1: hey mm-hmm. you know what, what, if we all lived on the same street to which would be dangerous
2: that would be dangerous <laughs>
1: <laughs> rob, rob just did the comparison of like you and me out out front of our houses mowing the lawn like you know putting the work in and he and he brought up the Baylor future, the plus seven fifty. I'm just imagining, I don't know, he threw a grand on it or whatever. He just did the comparison of like driving by in a brand new Hummer Limo right right down our street and looking out the window and going, Hey guys, what's going That's on? That's right. Drink to some tell you. that was a terrific victory lap. Look, you called that. And by the way, the fact that I, I just heard plus seven fifty for the reigning national champions, I don't care who you got. Like that, that was a great value. Very, very well done there on that take. And, and I think it also reflects like, you know, we've talked about big East now, big 12 Southeastern conference. What does it say that we're coming up with different answers? It says that college basketball is really healthy. That if the, if, if, if the sport went into a physical with a doctor right now, the doctor will look at it and say, you're healthy as an ox.
2: (laughs) Yep. Um, the Disbursement of talent with the extra year, the disbursement of talent with the extra year is huge.
0: Yeah, and so speaking of uh, of all of us coming up with different answers for who's going to win the league, let's get to the Big Ten, which is uh, probably the drunkest conference in college basketball uh, this season. The way it stands right now, Illinois is sitting in first place in the league with an 8-2 record. Wisconsin, tied for first place with an 8-2 record. Michigan State, uh, sitting in second place, 7-2 record in league play. Purdue is sitting there at 7-3. Ohio State, after that loss to Purdue yesterday, is 6-3 in the conference. Uh, T.L., let's go to you first on this one. Illinois is plus 190 to win the league. Purdue is plus 225. Wisconsin is plus 370, uh, 325. Michigan State plus 550. Ohio State plus 1,000. Who in this league do you think has a chance to win the conference? Who are you putting your money on? You got to bet your I'm house still on going
2: Purdue. I'm still going Purdue. I'm not changing it. Purdue, just too many weapons, too many guys. You saw what they can do, and they have a go-to player on the perimeter. And Jaden Ivy who hit a huge shot against Ohio state at the end of the game, his all American moment. And then they, they just present too many matchup problems. I know the big Ten's good. It's really good. I'm not sure last year, the big 10 was great. Is it great this year? I don't think so. I think like there's two or three other conferences that are right up there with it. Uh, but I think uh, I like Purdue. I like the way they're the, the direction they're heading and they needed to, to establish a go-to guy on the perimeter and Jaden Ivey slowly developing into that row. Uh, people want to criticize point guard play. More, more specifically, uh, Goodman wants to criticize point guard play. I just feel like if the guys can get it past half court and you need somebody <laughs> to distribute, get it to Travion Williams, and he can do that. If you need somebody to attack the basket, Jaden Ivey can do that. You need post scoring. Zach Eady can do that. They have shooting. Uh, give me Purdue. But can, can, are, are we jumping straight into March Madness, or are we going to everybody do this first?
0: Well, yeah, let's. let's uh, who would you take, Fanta?
1: Um, this is a really hard question. I think that Illinois has the biggest three games coming up to determine if they're going to win it or not. Illinois' next three games are home, Wisconsin, at Indiana on Saturday. Look, Assembly Hall on a Saturday at high noon. It's going to be tough. And then at Purdue. You go two and one in that stretch we're having that discussion that you're going to end up winning the league. But I'm going to side with Terrence on this, and I'm going, to go with, I'm going to go with Purdue because I look at the way Purdue's schedule sets up. I think that they are most capable of winning this league. However, I do not think that Purdue is the team that is the best team poised for a March Madness run. I think that Wisconsin – could end up being the team that's poised for the for a deep. Okay, you shake your head. Now, last week, you had them in the final four conversation.
0: Well, yeah, I think they, because they have Johnny Davis, I don't think that they're the best set up to make that run. You know who's the best set up to make that run? Who? The fighting Illini, baby. Wrong. Wrong. Give me Kofi, give me Kofi Coburn, right? Give me Trent Frazier, give me Alfonso Plummer. And let me know as soon as Andre Crabella starts figuring it out. Because here's the thing about Illinois. He's not going right now. Well, no, but listen, listen. Right now, they're sitting at eight and two. They are in first place in the Big Ten. And they have not had a stretch of games where Kofi's been healthy and Andre Crabella's been healthy, right? They have not had a chance to figure that out.
1: It's going to be February.
0: Yeah. Kofi's been, Kofi's dealt with a concussion. Uh, Crabella's dealt with a concussion. He's been sick. He's been banged up. So I think that one, I think that they're very, very good without Curbelo at all, right? I love the idea of a backcourt with Trent Frazier and Alfonso Plumber. Those are two tough MFers with the biggest big guy in the country inside in Kofi. Plus, you got shooting all over the place. Jacob Branderson, I don't think he's missed a shot this season. So um, I, I think that they're really set up well to make a run in March. Um, Purdue, I, I, I can see them getting knocked off in the first round. Like, I, I don't think that that's crazy to say. Oh. Because they don't guard, they can't guard the perimeter, man. They can't get oh, stops. Right. You know what oh. they are right now? No one is talking about this, but we spent all last year talking about how Iowa was a team that was going to get picked off early because they couldn't get stops. Yeah. And you know what Purdue is right now? Purdue is last year's Iowa. They're built around a five man in the middle that is utterly dominant. They don't play any defense. They have an elite offense. know,
1: Purdue has Jaden Ivey. Iowa didn't.
0: They don't get stops. They don't. They don't get stops. They don't get I, stops. I, they I, I, they I, gave I, up yesterday. They were up 52 I, to 35 with 14 minutes left in the game. They gave up 43 points in the last 14 minutes against an Ohio State team that doesn't have a point guard. They yeah. made Rob Finnessy and Xavier Johnson look like Steph Curry and Clay Thompson.
1: Yeah, th- just briefly, the, re- the reason why I picked Wisconsin was because I have found through the years that I have gone against them and I've paid for it. You know why I've gone against them? Because they play ugly. They don't play uh, a real sexy style of basketball, but we, we're finding in the NCAA tournament, T.O., that that doesn't always win. Look, you have a guy that could be national player of the year in Johnny Davis. Tyler Wall is terrific in the post uh, when fully healthy and, and when going for them. I think that Hepburn and Brad Davison, who's on his tenth year of college basketball, is just a winner. I think Brad Davison's a winning player, mm-hmm. and I love the togetherness of that group. And it's not to say that I don't think the Illini could be in a regional final. I, I like them, but if I'm picking the team that to me has has proven in the past that they don't need an overwhelming amount of options to win, like in a one in, guys NCAA tournament, deeper it gets. One possession game. Who do you trust? Who do you trust? I trust Wisconsin to get a stop. And I trust Wisconsin because they have Johnny Davis to score the ball for them. Sometimes yeah. it's that simple. Right, Terrence? Yeah, I,
2: I don't I don't I don't disagree. I, I like I, I like when a team has the best player on the floor at all times. The guy the, the team that I think is best suited for March. It's not Wisconsin, it's not Illinois. It's Michigan State. Because, wow, their point guards have been good enough on certain games. I think people forget. Everybody's like, I point guard play. Michigan State's 16-4, and and they've had good wins. And they are very switchable around a perimeter. Marcus Bingham Jr. can guard out on the perimeter, which is what was the Achilles heel for the Big Ten last year. Look at Michigan State come March, and I promise you, Izzo's going to have those guys going. Wow. Walker and Hogard, I'm telling you, they just need to be decent because their defense and their rebounding is going to make it happen. And Max Christie, he's figured it out. He's starting to figure it out. They've got a guy that they like to go to. And when he doesn't make Malik, calls a guy they like to go to when he doesn't make it, they crash the boards, watch Michigan state in the tournament, watch them. I'm telling you they're big. They do it from a lot of different spots. Watch it happen.
0: As long as they don't have to play Northwestern at home, without Northwestern's best player, Pete Nance, then they probably got a chance. Watch That's it happen. Case. Watch it and, happen. And let me hey. just say let me just say for the record, Illinois played Maryland and lost by 20 without Kofi Coburn. They played <laughs> Michigan State and beat the hell out of them without they Kofi did. Coburn. I just my, my thing is Michigan State, I hear you. Look, Ezo's gonna get those dudes playing hard as hell. AJ hmm. Hogarth and Tyson Walker, when they are right, they make Michigan State really, really good. I don't trust those guys to be right for six straight games. I think no. that Michigan State is the kind of team no, they, but anybody. They might lose to a 13 seed. You don't want to see Belmont if you're, uh, if you're Michigan State.
1: Yeah, the, the biggest formula against Michigan State is take away transition. Yep. Take away mm-hmm. their transition. When they get downhill and they can find Malik Hall or Gabe Brown in the open floor, good things can happen for that team. Christie is figuring it out. He's probably the key to this. Mm-hmm. He is the key to this. But Michigan State, at a certain point, you can defend a rebound and play your asses off. you got to score the ball when you're playing against a set defense. We keep on mm-hmm. emphasizing that. Michigan State has a lot of issues in the half court. Their offense in the first half against Illinois last week was the reason why they lost the game.
2: I think Marcus Bingham's the, the, the key because you look at – like, he can guard out on the perimeter. He can do all those things. Like, I, I think if you get stops and you your first shot defense is really good and you're able to close out that possession and run – you yep. can make it happen against Michigan or Michigan state can make it
1: happen. Big year in the big 10, the, the, the big 10 knows that they have to have a bounce back year in the NCA tournament. We just listed four teams that could make a deep run for the big 10 pressures on magnifying glasses on here. You got too much talent in that league to fade the NCA tournament. Let's see what happens.
0: I, I think my hottest take is that we get to uh, get to the second weekend and there's like one big 10 team left. It's just, there's a lot of teams in there that are good. That are just weird. It'll be Michigan State. You're welcome. Yeah, yeah. Why? Well, <laughs> it probably will be. It probably will be. And TO will be taking this victory lap. All right. We'll um, see. <laughs>
1: we're gonna see.
2: We hey, the- we need to have a graphic put up with all these conferences who we've picked, and then right yeah. now make a graphic. We'll save it. We'll review it at the end of the year.
0: Yeah, I will. I will. I'm going to write all this stuff down. All right. So, uh Pac-12. Let's move to the Pac-12. UCLA right now is sitting in first place at eight and one in the league. They are minus one twenty nine to win the Pac twelve regular season title. Arizona is sitting at plus one hundred uh, to win the regular season title. They're a half game back. They're seven and one. UCLA plays at Arizona on Thursday in what is probably going to end up being the game of the season in the Pac twelve. Uh, Arizona plus sixteen hundred to win the national title. UCLA plus seventeen hundred to win national title. Tio. Talk me out of uh, my my new love affair with this
2: UCLA program. I think that they're back. It's hard for me to talk you out of it because we saw what they could do whenever they beat the brakes off of Arizona, a team that I'm really a big fan of. Uh, point guard play, Tiger Campbell is terrific. It still worries me a little bit with tough shot making, but they're the number nine defense in the country and they're a top 20 offense in the country. It's hard for me to argue at this point. They've turned me into believers. And when it comes to a deep tournament run, I still... I'm starting to fall off the Arizona because of Kirk Risa. I'm telling you, I'm starting to fall off simply because of point guard play. He's too erratic. And whenever I said going into the Arizona UCLA game, I said he's too, he has a huge susceptibility to emotion. You saw that. Against UCLA, he got too fired up. what Would he go zero for eight, zero for nine, something like that? Against, I think it the, was like
0: I think it was zero for thirteen or something like that. Did yeah, you hear? So th- did you hear the juiced.
2: UCLA fans were chanting MVP at him when he went to the free throw line late? In the game? <laughs> but I mean, that's what I'm saying. He gets too fired up. He's it's too much emotional uh, baggage for him, especially come the tournament. That's a, speaking from experience. That weekend at the NCAA tournament is so much. Like, it's so much. You're going to press conferences. You're doing things that you don't really – you wouldn't typically do. You're going on tours. You're doing all this. Like, there's so much emotional stuff that can take you out of it at the tournament. That worries me. If we're not talking uh, UCLA, if Oregon finally gets it together and gets in the tournament, I think they could win some games. But still buying UCLA.
1: Yeah. And what Kirk Creaso lacks and what Arizona lacks at point guard play, Tiger Campbell makes up for with UCLA. Exactly. Mm-hmm. UCLA has a point guard tiger campbell's the first three-year point guard for the ucla bruins since darren collison i mean that that really speaks volumes about what he's been able to package together there get this on saturday ucla is coming off a motivated win earlier in the week over arizona you think let down spot you, you still don't have johnny juzang UCLA shoots four for 29 from three. That is horrendous. Four for 29 from three. So you shoot that poorly, you should be able to rebound the ball, right? They got out-rebounded. Stanford out-rebounded them. Uh, Haque scored three points. UCLA blew out Stanford, 66 to 43. It's a perfect illustration of what defense does that when you defend, it can take you anywhere. UCLA is elite on the defensive end of the floor. They have a signature shot maker in Jules Bernard. I think that he is such a key piece to the puzzle. And they have constant point guard play from Tiger Campbell. As long as their front court holds it together, so as long as, as Cody Riley and then Miles Johnson are able to hold things together for that team, they're, they're going to be right there in a regional final could make the Final Four. I'm not talking off UCLA, because they're the best team in the Pac-12. And they showed us last year that they could make it there. If you showed us last year, considering all the circumstances of the NCAA tournament, no reason why when you're playing out on the West Coast in front of your fans, you're going to blow it. You know, they're going to get – that's a big thing in the NCAA tournament this year. We return to the regionalization of that first weekend. The Bruins are going to benefit. They're probably going to be in San Diego.
2: Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, Thursday. Thursday. Yep. I, I think big, the big game Thursday,
0: I, I think the big thing for, um, for UCLA is going to be one, getting Jaime Jaquez back to the point where he's healthy. He's got like some ankle thing that he's been dealing with for a couple weeks and he just has not been himself. I think he, you mentioned he had three points against Stanford. I think he only played like seven minutes or something. Yeah, he, like he only
1: played seven minutes. So he only plays seven minutes. There's no Juzang. You, you shoot four for 29 from three. You still win the game by 24. 20- mm-hmm. And as big of a game as it is on Thursday, guys, who do you trust more to win the conference and not stumble to a team in the Pac-12 that you shouldn't stumble to Arizona could stumble because they're inconsistent in the backcourt. UCLA won't.
0: Yeah. I I hear all that. I I do think that Arizona is very, very good, but at some point you just have to, uh, we mentioned this last night, Mick Cronin is so good at finding a mismatch and, Going to it over and over yeah. and over again, like he 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 very much is kind of taking a page out of the NBA's playbook and just finding your weakest player, setting up switches to get like his guy going one on one, and then just letting Juzang rock or Jules Bernard rock, yeah. or letting Tiger Campbell go past somebody. So yeah, I, I'm I, I love I think there's quite a bit of value on uh, UCLA at this point. All right, uh, let's move to the ACC to wrap this thing up. Duke right now is sitting, uh, I think they're they're a half game back of Miami. Um, at the top of that conference, uh, they are seven to two in the league. Notre Dame is seven to two in the league. Miami is eight and two in the conference in North Carolina for all the flack that we've given them is sitting at seven and three overall in the, uh, in the ACC TO Duke is minus 200 to win the conference. Miami's plus four fifty. Notre Dame is plus 1100. Is there anybody else other than Duke that you think has a chance to
2: win this regular season title? Miami has a shot, but they're, uh, They have some tough games. They're at Wake Forest. They're at Syracuse to close the season. That's going to be an interesting one. Guys, I mean, it's Dukes to lose. It's been that way since the beginning of the season. Um, You know, Miami, the the only thing is if, if, if Miami doesn't lose to Florida State twice, like they're undefeated in conference. That's the crazy thing about it. By a combined two points, two games by two points. They're three points away from being undefeated. In the ACC, so uh, that's uh, obviously going to come back to haunt them. They don't play Duke again. It's uh, they have a chance to win it. I think it's going to be hard to run the table because I think you're going to have to because I think Duke is definitely going to do that. Uh, Those are pretty good odds though, four fifty in Miami, minus what two hundred for Duke. Not terrible odds, at least for the regular season. But Duke's Duke's geared uh, to make the deepest run in the tournament. I don't think there's any doubt. You agree, Fanna?
1: I totally agree. If Duke goes 2-0 this week, they may not lose again in the ACC. Hmm. I actually think they're going to take a loss this week. I think they might lose to Notre Dame or to North Carolina. I just think they might get surprised. Um, they've shown at times late in games on the offensive end of the floor that they can struggle. Um, they Their point guard play can come and go still. But if you look at Duke, big picture, they have the best rim protection in the conference or the best defensive team in the conference. And they have an NBA player. And so when you have all, a couple of them. So when you have all those things combined, I still like, this is not much of a contest, but if you look at Duke's schedule after this week, so they're at Notre Dame at North Carolina, just briefly here, home Virginia, they're winning that game. At Clemson, tough game. I bet they win that game. At Boston College, no question. Home Wake Forest, no question. You're going to win that game. Home Florida State, at Virginia, at Syracuse, at Pittsburgh, it's road games, but you're better than those teams. And then you close it out, home North Carolina. Like, there's no – none of this says to me that they're that they're going to have major stumbles because the ACC is just not – it's just not – it has not had a good year. If Virginia were more of a factor, then we'd be talking a little bit differently because Duke's got Virginia twice on the schedule in the last month. But I, I don't. I don't trust Virginia. They they have not had a good season. I would go with Duke to win this league.
0: Yeah, I think Duke's probably going to find a way to win. it. I think that Duke is rightfully uh, still the number two team according to the uh, title futures at Bet Rivers. They're plus eight fifty. The only team with uh, with lower odds right now is Gonzaga, who is plus six fifty. I will say this: I like Wake Forest and, and North Carolina, given the fact that they're pretty big. Um, sleepers or underdogs, whoever you want to phrase it. North Carolina is plus 3000 to win the title, which means that they're 30 to one odds and wake forest. I'm sorry. North Carolina is plus 6,000 and wake forest is checking in at plus 8,000. So um, both of those teams, I think have the players to be able to make a run. Like Alondis Williams, we talked about it with Johnny Davis, right? Alondis Williams. How often is he going to be the best player on the floor when he steps on the floor? North Carolina has as much talent as, anybody in the country when they're playing well but they don't guard they don't, they guard. They don't guard I but know they, they don't guard.
1: guard why would you spend your money on a team that doesn't guard
0: because the same reason that you're gonna spend your money on Purdue
1: Northeast North Carolina is the
0: one
2: offense in the country
0: North Carolina right now is a better defensive team than Purdue is look at they're, who they're playing they're Look at their defense. Look at stop better, it, stop it, stop it, stop it, stop it. They're not. No, they're not. No, they're, they're not. not. They are they're, a better defensive team than Purdue is. Yes, no, look not. at any look at any one of the metrics, and they'll tell you that North Carolina
2: is a better defensive team. Than Purdue I don't is. care. Well, the metrics are slanted because of the conferences they play in. It's not <laughs> yeah. even close. Are, are, they, though? are yes. they though? Yes. A hundred percent of it. It's not it's, even. This it's, isn't even it's adjusted. It, it's all right, adjusted. All right, keep it's selling, it's, keep selling. Bet Rivers, and it, your plus eight thousand before they get beat in the first round. Carolina still needs to make the freaking tournament.
1: The only metric, yeah, guy, the only metric I look at is Ken Palm Luck, and North Carolina seventy seven, and Purdue is one sixty six. Look at who you're playing. Look at who you're yeah. playing. Strength is what schedule does, better for. What
0: does luck have to do with that? <laughs> who's hey, who's number one in the in the luck? Who's number Apparently one?
1: Everything. Apparently, luck has to do with a lot of things this year. Who's who's number one
0: in that right now?
1: If you put North Carolina in the Big Ten, they'd be the seventh best team in that league. Who's
0: who's number one in luck? I on on Ken Palm
1: Providence.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and Look, that is the perfect way for Providence. us to end. This, this week's dtf podcast carolina doesn't guard anybody and those things they are slanted say what you want look at the teams they've beaten and beaten the dog out of boston college by 30 uh virginia they have no beaten look trust, trust me like I, I get just- all that
0: trust me i i get all that all i'm saying with north carolina is when you get to the tournament a lot of times it's going to come down to to talent who's got the better basketball players And I think if you look at what North Carolina has on their roster, they have better basketball players than most of the teams that they're going to end up facing. Now, whether or not they decide they want to play defense is a completely different story. Um, But if they decide that they want to start playing defense, then that's a team that has the weapons to be able to to make a little bit of a run. That's all I'm saying. There's a lot of teams that don't have that kind of talent. There's a lot of teams I'm that sure. don't have that kind of talent.
2: You're telling yeah, but me if they, they a lot of teams don't have to have that kind of talent if they have the five men who can shoot it because Armando Baycat can't guard anybody <laughs> outside of 10 feet.
0: They can't guard anybody anywhere, man. I'll, That's what I'm saying. Say, the only thing that I'm saying is if you're sitting here and you're telling me that you're gonna go all in on Purdue to win a national title, where Purdue is Iowa from last year, who got bounced in the second round. And you're not even sitting here looking at a team that has Caleb Love and RJ Davis and Armando Baycott. And you're going to say yeah, that there's no Caleb chance, Love's
2: done a bang up job no
0: chance that they can make it. There's no chance that they can get to a second weekend. Enough. There's no chance you that they can get to a wow. second weekend.
1: All right. Well, well, no, you, well, hold on a minute. You can both say that Purdue, you have trust factors with Purdue, and that Purdue's not Iowa from last year, and also that Purdue it's not a worse defensive team than North Carolina. You know, we get so in the weeds sometimes and, and people are going to yell at me for this, but like at some point, who do you freaking trust over what a team's analytics are from top to bottom that there's not always a match with that. Okay. What I know is this, like we go back to all the way back to starting the, con- of the podcast guys. Here's what the analytics don't show about Providence. They're 6-0 in games decided by five points or less. Wisconsin. Wisconsin is seventh in Ken Palm luck. But if they were in a close game, I'm taking Wisconsin. Because they got Johnny Davis and the other team doesn't. You know, I I love Ken Pomeroy. I think he does a great job with his system. But, like, at a certain point, these games are decided by more than just those metrics. The point is, college basketball is healthy. It's going to be a fun finish to the season. And these debates are awesome.
0: No, it, the the bottom line is this: these games are decided on Kempom. They don't play them on the courts. It's all decided within the numbers, within the analytics, within the computers. The games themselves, the, the stuff on the court, doesn't matter. It's all it's all about, about the, the fact, metrics how about CO.
2: the how about the fact that Carolina has had thirteen games where opponents have shot better than thirty six, or yeah, thirteen yeah, where they've shot better than thirty six percent from three. They That's don't guard fact.
1: crap. That's Ridiculous. Not, it's
0: all it's all luck. It's all luck. There's some oh, studies that uh, say defensive defensive three point shooting is all luck. <laughs> Did
1: Goodman make it to Lubbock? Did Goodman make it to Lubbock?
0: I don't know. I hope not. <laughs> 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 listen, listen, this has been another episode of the DTF podcast for my partners in crime, Tarantulas. being talked time. My name is to so See you guys again.